With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Comic Chaos. I'm Fred Lefevre, and along with Jim Beard, we take a weekly look at all things comics, superheroes, graphic novels, and film. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, email us at comicchaospodcast at gmail.com, and of course, download, listen, and subscribe, please, and share at iHeartRadio.com. Now, this week's Comic Chaos. Excellent. All right. Now, there's no major news this week, right? No major news, All no, right. which maybe is a good thing, Whew. you know? <laughs> I need a break. I can't keep up with all the major we news. We were on the brink of disaster. We were. Just about to go over the edge. Pulled it out, though, so that's good. But there is some sad news this week, because, yeah. and I don't always know. Uh, well, here's a little inside story, okay? <laughs> okay. Um Jim doesn't follow a lot of politics and stuff, uh, and I do a talk show. That's putting it mildly. So when I say on Facebook, such and such happened to so-and-so, Jim almost always goes, who? <laughs> because he has no idea who the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> most times. Most times. <laughs> but conversely, the same thing happens to me. When he puts up, so-and-so just did this, I go... Who? Because I have no idea because he's in a totally different world than me. Um, and we lost another uh, comic book hero, I guess, this week, right? Yeah, yes. Uh, yeah. Icon? Yeah, Joe Sinnott, uh, who um, probably, you know, overall wasn't as uh, beloved as Denny O'Neill that we mm -hmm. talked about, the Batman writer. But it's one of those guys where he was pretty much working up to the very end. He was 92. Really? Holy moly. Yeah, yeah. Now, was he an illustrator or an author? Or? He was an artist, and, okay. and it's interesting because I had to write the obit for him for Marvel, and so oh, I wow. had to you know research, and I knew some things about him, but mm -hmm. I, I started researching it, and he started off as a, a penciler and inker, but really became known as an inker. Um, just you, you know that how that works in the comic book business kind of, yeah, yeah generally it's two people yeah. a penciler and an inker sometimes these guys that uh could do everything and the penciler is the guy that does the uh, text right as far as what in a, in a comic book the, you mean the lettering, the lettering like the yeah. putting in text. no no that's usually a separate person oh okay yeah yeah oh i thought Some, that's okay sometimes it can be you one person to, to do everything and okay. to people who don't okay know. generally um a penciler literally pencils the art and then um, an inker comes in and and embellishes it, you know, does the solid okay. black lines and everything, and uh, and then a letterer, and then there's a colorist, also. See, you, I had no idea. Yeah. I always figured illustrator, author. Yep. Guy writes it, sends it's, it to you, 
you illustrate it, you figure Sometimes. out where the, the word bubble is going to go, and <laughs> they have a guy who just does that because he's very good at that, yeah. and the other guy and the illustrator colors it all in and nope. does all the drawing. Nope. Sometimes it's even just one person that does all those wow. things. Yeah. Um, uh, but, uh, Joe, um, started off as a penciler, uh, pretty much in the, in the 1950s. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he got to the point where in the sixties, when the fantastic four came out, which mm -hmm. was just Marvel's landmark book that kicked off the whole Marvel comics thing. He came in on issue number five as an inker over now you know this name jack kirby okay yeah, yeah that jack name kirby's with stanley is pretty mm -hmm. much the two big architects of yep. the entire marvel universe um jack was the kind of guy where he could ink and a lot of the pencilers could if they were pressed to they could do their own inking but he just didn't like care to do it he was <laughs> well because it's that much more work, and yeah. he was literally doing how many pages a day? He was doing several oh, wow. books a month, you know, not like the guys today that can barely get one book out a month. But um, So um, Stan put Joe Sinat on uh, the inking chores, and it was great. I love this. His very first issue, Fantastic Four, was the introduction of Doctor Doom. Uh-huh. So um, then, this is funny, he didn't continue with the book because he had some obligations with another company, but he came back around, I think it was like issue number 33 or something like that, and stayed on it. That was in the mid-60s, I think it was 1965, and then he stayed on the book until like 1981 or 82. Really? So, art, pencilers came and went, but it was the same inker all okay, along. Okay, so now you have me really curious now. Yeah. So the penciler, I get the script yep. from whoever wrote the story, and I just kind of right. etch things out. Yep. Then the anchor comes by, and he does it a little bit darker, but he makes changes while he's going yeah, along. Yeah, because they usually they wouldn't want to print from the the pencils because that's light, right? You know, okay. for one thing. So the anchor just does does the black lines. So but, how important? Because mm -hmm. as you're describing all of this, I'm thinking, okay, so I write. Whatever, like a fight scene. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How important is this guy's job then to take that vision and put it on the page in the right way with, you know, one of the fighters in the foreground, the antagonist in the background, you know, whatever. Who, the penciler or the inker? They, well, both of them. Oh, well, obviously the penciler is hugely important because without him starting the whole thing off, you have no art. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's the basis for everything. He, he draws it all. Sometimes um, these guys did what would have been called loose pencils, which means things weren't that completely defined or okay. tight pencils, which literally, like, you could almost print off of the pencil art because right. it's what so I was tight. Yeah. Then you have an inker comes in. And this is where it can get controversial because inkers over the years have um, sort of changed the pencils to some extent. Mm. meaning they've put their own stamp on it. It still looks like it came from the penciler, his design sense and, and style, but the inker can then also impress his own style onto that. And what you get That's is what this, I was wondering. You get yeah. this sort of melding that, that again, Jack Kirby and Joe Sinnott, uh, usually Joe is held up as the, as the uh, most favorite inker of Jack Kirby. Of now, a, go to any tell? fan of Jack can Kirby. Can somebody like you tell? Yes, definitely. Really? Joe had this wow. incredible slick uh, line work that was kind of a little on the heavy side. Mm -hmm. And 
here's why he was held up and just uh, all the accolades that came out after he died. Jack Kirby is, to me, the greatest. Mm-hmm. Greatest comic book artist that ever lived. Joe could make Jack Kirby look even better. Wow. That's a hell of a thing to say, that you take somebody like Jack Kirby yeah. and then you say, oh, make sure you they get Joe Sinnott inking him because You're he's, gonna go- have to show he's going to make it. Someday- in two comic books, one that yep. he inked yep. and one that he didn't, and and show me because now yeah. I'm really here. I'm, here I want to see. Here's it now. an example. There's a, a an inker that also was inking back in the '60s and and did a ton of Jack's work, but uh, but he is very derided. He's for the most part not almost universally loathed. His name was Vince Coletta. And he had this kind of feathery, light-looking uh-huh. inks to it. Plus, he if he didn't like something or he felt it was too much work, he'd leave things out. Really? So, so, so that's what I wondered, yeah. just how important that job was. Because when you first said it, it sounded like, okay, I drew something kind of lightly. And you're just going to come in. And you're going to trace exactly what I wrote, only with a darker pencil. And that didn't sound like a like a very important job at all. A, someone who doesn't uh, think much of the job of inking ha- has would sometimes call it tracing. Okay, but it is more than just that. Mm. Uh, an editor can also uh, direct that. He can say, you know, uh, I want this inker because I want him to come in with his style. And I want that melding of the two styles. Or I want this inker because he sticks right to that pencil line and that's it. He doesn't do anything. I don't want the penciler to be lost Mm -hmm. in this at all. Hmm. Joe was kind of both. He he would definitely um, stick to uh, the penciler's art, but there was something of himself in it. And that's why he was so loved as an inker. It went to the point where he pretty much didn't even pencil anymore himself. That from the '60s on, he was pretty much just an inker, and that's what he's known for today. Do you think that? Because I'm never going to get to this level of minutia that you're at mm. with all this stuff. Do you think that kids who are picking up comic books now are going to have this same? level of intensity that you and some of your friends have so that they are going to know who the inker is, who the penciler is, who the uh, colorist is. All I mean, they might know who the That's author a, is. And It's a uh, great question because things changed over the years where they used to not give credits at all. Right. The 40s, 50s, into the 60s, you usually never got any written credit mm-hmm. it was kind of stan who came in and started not only giving credit but having big boxes right at the beginning of the story and he would I you know those. his usual yeah. hype yeah. way you know yeah. like you know uh, uh wonderfully written by you know powerfully penciled by hmm. uh industriously inked by you know and he'd do <laughs> things like this and and really build up to now it's to the point where uh, the creators of all this stuff are are superstars. Hmm. So it's interesting. I I don't know. I'd love to talk to a kid who's reading comic book right now. First thing I would ask him is, 
what what are you thinking? Yeah, <laughs> like you have all these other things, and you're still reading com or you're yeah. reading comic books, but um, and whether or not they they know, uh, um, do you know the name Todd McFarlane? He he came. He Sounds was really pretty familiar. much in the '90s. He became one of the biggest superstar artists of all, uh, uh, comic book artists of all time, and started his own company mm-hmm. and made it started a toy company and everything. Um, he he's one of those superstars where everybody knew who he was. Okay, and you would look for his name, mm-hmm. whether or not that's going on. Right now, with younger kids, with with my generation, yes, we are still looking. Yeah, because you're that, so you know. intense about yeah about that 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 you would know this guy's work just by being able to look at it. I might be able to do that maybe with music, yeah. just because I've you know been doing it for so long, and and maybe movies or something. But I don't think I could ever do it if you gave me a blank novel. Yeah, uh, unless I recognize the character, I don't think I could say. Gosh, this sounds like you know Mario Puzo See, that's, to me. That's hard for me because I know there are people who are so into movies they could recognize a director without seeing mm-hmm. their name. I'm not so sure I could recognize. Maybe Spielberg. Yeah. He has a he has yeah. a couple of signature yeah. shots. Maybe Hitchcock. You know, if oh, I didn't yeah, know it, Hitchcock, yeah. if I didn't know it, you yeah. know, um, and and when with music, I don't know. Could you, can you go? Oh, that's definitely this producer or no, this studio. Never. You know, sometimes directors. Yeah, sometimes directors, but yeah, producers. No, I don't. I don't pay much attention to that. Uh, and music, I can always pick out little pieces of this and that and say, oh, that's ripped off from so and so. Or oh, that I get what like you're saying. So and so on the harmonica. Okay. You know, can you recognize? Like a guitar solo? Can you go, Sometimes oh, that's Jeff Beck, solos, yeah. you know, that's Clapton. Harmonicas you know? for sure. Usually <laughs> usually if a song comes on. Is that right? Usually if a song comes on, I can tell I love who's that. playing the horn. Oh, wow. Or especially in jazz or something like okay. that. Because everybody has a has a signature style, just okay. like your inkers. And, that's the you equivalent. Know. That's yeah. that's the complete and absolute equivalent right there hmm. uh, 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 of that Um, um when back way back in the day, if we didn't see who was drawing or inking it, we would say things to, like, that's the good artist. Like if a book, like maybe the guy came and go, you'd go, you'd hope to open it up and go, oh, that's the good artist. Oh, that's the, nah, that's the bad artist. You know, you'd say stuff like that until you figured out who these people really were. Now, so when did that start for you? Because your dad was bringing you comic books yeah. home, so I'm sure you didn't right off the bat start noticing that I kind of stuff. I hate to say this, you? but I mean, this it, is... was there a point where the light went off and you said, I really like this style. Who is that? Yeah, and you know what? It's funny. It was Jack Kirby. I mean, no, I, I know okay. that, but I hate to say this. I remember that as a kid, when I was first getting comics, I wouldn't necessarily read them. I would just look at the pictures. Really? Even though I knew how to read. Were you read. able to read? Yeah. And, okay. and, um, well, I didn't know where you I think to I school. was so into the <laughs> visuals of comics. That's, okay. that's what got me that it, that, and, and then I, sometimes I would even kind of guess what was going on. Well, yeah. You know, and whatever. a good you, visual, yeah. you don't even need the words. Exactly right. You can right. tell what's going exactly on. Exactly right. But yeah, yeah um, it, it was, you know, I started to pick out artists that I knew were good and that I really mm. liked. Kirby was one of them. 
Um, there was a couple of Batman artists in the in the early to mid '70s, and, and now to this day, I would say I would go. That's my Batman artist. There was an artist oh, okay. in in the very earliest Batman books that my dad bought me. There was an artist named Irv Novik, mm-hmm. and to this day, I'll go. That's my Batman artist because he was <laughs> he was like the first to, mm-hmm. for me sure. the, of the new books, not reprints. Um, um, there was Ross Andrew was my Spider Man or is mm-hmm. my Spider Man artist because that's who was drawing it when I got my first issues of, of Spider Man. Oh, okay. You know, and and though and you know those guys are very different. I could I could literally identify those whether or not I at the moment I knew their names. Hmm. You know, until I really started you know looking at things. I tell you, I didn't bother to look at writers for quite a long while. Really? Yeah. And now, of course, being a writer myself, that's right. that's just as important to me as the artist now. That's that's equal, but for a long while it was the artist was everything. We're going to have to do a poll on uh, on our uh, Facebook page uh, and ask if people know who Love the it. artists and the Love and it. the illustrators Love are it. and the inkers yeah. and and all those other positions or or if they just pick the comic book up and read it if they don't pay attention at all to what goes into some, it. Some people will because it's the characters. They will pick it up no matter who's doing it because they want the character. Right. But to me it, that doesn't always work even though I will pick up a book because it's Batman if the writing and the art is not there well, see, then that still and, bugs and, me. You can have a bad Batman book. And, right. Know. And going back to the music, okay? Mm. Uh well, people who listen to music, and that's pretty much everybody, uh, normally they know. It was John, Paul, George, and Ringo. Yeah. So they know who's in the band. They know who's in the Rolling Stones. They, they know who's in Van Halen. Yeah. And when you switch out, uh, you know, David Lee Roth for the yeah. Red Rider, yeah. something's wrong. Yeah. Um, so the same thing would hold true, I would suppose, for guys like you, uh, comic book aficionados. If you switch out Definitely. Kirby and throw in another a guy, you're gonna go. Oh man, that something isn't right. They used to have fill-in issues, <laughs> where you you know you'd go how many months or year or more in a row, and then suddenly mm. you'd get a fill-in issue. And and we we learned later on that was because something was going on that the artist had some kind of problem or crisis or had to do this or that. Hmm. And a lot of times they would keep inventory stories. They'd keep stories in inventory. Really? And if they ever needed, you know, an artist got behind, oh, uh-huh. uh, I don't have a book for this month, the, the editor would grab this inventory story and plug it in there. And those are always <laughs> usually subpar. It would be usually maybe a different writer and definitely right, right, a different right. artist. And you'd go, oh. You have to suffer through a fill-in issue, and then hopefully you'd get the regular people I, back. You know, you know. see, I would have never. <laughs> uh, my comic book experience is so different than yours. Yeah, you know. Well, I went you know to what? The, the store stu- and I bought what I liked, and you know, did the it for stuff a few that years, you liked, and then like just stop. You liked Little Lulu, right? Little Lulu, but see, Donald Ducktales. That's because Archie, those, you know. all of those. They went out of their way to make sure every single story, every single issue, month, year mm-hmm. in a row, always looked exactly the same. And it could even have been a different artist, but they hired people to do a house style. Ah. Disney, you mentioned Donald Duck, or that was Disney. Is that sure. you had? It didn't. It didn't matter who the artist was. You had to match that style, right. and it had to be this Makes unbroken sense, yeah. thing. Going back to Joe Sinnott really quickly here, I told you he was on Fantastic Four from about mid-60s mm-hmm. up into the 80s, 
and people look back now, there was probably four, five, six, seven different artists during that time. But Joe provided this continuity, this kind of consistent look. Okay. No matter who the penciler was, hmm. it was still Joe Sinnott doing the inks, and that's what people loved is they still felt like it was the same book. That's interesting. Because it was the same guy yeah. doing the embellishing. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Now, one of the characters you mentioned is Batman because he's your yeah. favorite character. Hmm. And the news broke this week. They're, they're thinking <laughs> of um, – and I don't know where this came. I don't know if it came from him or it came from the theater, or the movie producer or whatever – that Michael Keaton could do another Batman. And I thought I read where it was him saying, oh, yeah, I'd be okay. You know, something really odd like, oh, yeah, I'd be okay doing another Batman. What if- Nobody had asked him to or anything. It was just like a throwaway line. Well, it, it, it's a little bit more than that, and I don't okay. know if it's advanced beyond this, but I, when I saw everybody jumping in and mm-hmm. figuring it was a done deal, I was pointing out to people it said early talks. Yeah. The talks had supposedly begun the negotiations, you know, his mm-hmm. people were talking to their people or whatever. But I don't know. I just saw something, and I, I wasn't able to look into it, that said that now it was official. But anyways, Michael Keaton – oh, um, there was that Justice League movie a few years back, right? Yeah. And there was a guy in it who played The Flash, and the actor's name was Ezra Miller, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken. Everybody hate, supposedly hated him. He was – a terrible flash whatever they're supposed to make a feature movie a flash movie with him uh-huh. and michael keaton is supposed to reprise his role as batman okay. in that flash so it's not movie. a batman movie. no oh, no okay, okay. no um because i think it's supposed to be like uh another thing with like alternate universes and him flash going through different mm-hmm. al- so i think it's like he could maybe supposedly visit the same universe from the 1989 batman movie well the thing <laughs> is though i mean so that's 89 i mean mm-hmm. we're talking a lot of years he's much older yeah. unless they cgi you know, no, like I think did, it's going like to be that he's with the uh, with the uh, Scorsese movie. Yeah. If they get rid of the wrinkles, he's going to have to play an older Batman. No, it would be an he'd be an older Batman, definitely. Yeah, mm. so funny. Um, see, that'd be interesting, though. I would like to see an older Batman. Yeah, I would like to see how they portray him. Is he still well, you know out there every night patrolling the streets or everything at that age, or has he finally decided, you know, let these guys, let the Flash and these other guys. Handle all this stuff, There was a Batman know? cartoon several years ago called Batman Beyond, mm-hmm. which was set in the near future, but Bruce Wayne was uh, much older. I think he he like he could barely walk or whatever. He was oh, more man. or less retired, okay. and he got a young a new young guy to be the new Batman. Mm-hmm. Everybody kept saying, "Oh, if they ever make a," and it was animated. And then there's been comic books based on it too. Uh, people were saying if they ever make that into a live action movie. Mm. Now Michael Keaton's the perfect age to yeah. play this older Bruce Wayne, you know, training this that's new Batman. I, that's what I was thinking. It, yeah. it, it might be something along along those lines. And I was saying this to you before we started recording. The irony of this whole thing is, is I, you know, I was there. I remember the outcry when Michael oh, Keaton yeah. was announced to be Mr. Mom's playing exactly. Batman, you know. Yeah. And now night shift, Mr. Mom, I mean yeah. everything he did was crazy goofy. Yeah. And then know. and then he showed that he he could play yeah. Batman as seriously without, you know, uh making it a big joke. Um <laughs> almost universally 
when this news was coming out about him maybe coming mm-hmm. back to the role, everybody loved it. Oh my God, that's my Batman. My favorite. He's bad. Yeah, like, and yeah. I'm like, this is so funny how things you know changed. At, well, you that's know. their Batman, like in your comic book that's, world. That's yeah. your Spider-Man. Yeah, guy. that's right. You yeah. know, and I was kind of like, sort of indifferent about the whole thing. It's like, yeah, I think that'll be really interesting if He's he comes than back. Val you know, Kilmer, George yeah. Clooney, well, we so. we can agree we can agree on those. Yeah. But is he better than Christian Bale? I really like Christian Bale. I as did Batman too. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. Now I never saw Ben Affleck play Batman, so I really don't know if. Uh, was that the one? When he, he was, was in Superman. Yes, but yeah, and then he, he was, was in crappy. the Justice League one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Seriously, it just there's I don't know I don't know what it is, yeah. but Keaton brought it to it mm-hmm. a certain like. I know I'm rich, but I don't really know that I'm rich, and I don't really care that I'm rich. And he was kind of nutty thing, too. You know? He was kind of like a nerdy, yeah. you know, introvert, you know, but yeah. you know, Batman. I mean, yeah. you know, growing up alone, your mm-hmm. parents are gone, you're mm-hmm. living with the butler, yeah, you know, all that kind of stuff. I mean. That's, I think that's what Keaton brought to it uh, for me. I could see, oh yeah, I could see how you could grow up like that. You got no friends. Yeah. You know, there's nobody in this gigantic house but you. You're going to be a little weird. There, and, and he had that. There's that scene in the in the first his first movie where he's uh, having dinner with um, the. Kim I was just going thing. through my head. Yeah, and they got they're sitting <laughs> on opposite ends yeah, of that that's... long table, and she sings. I I think she says something like, you know, do you do you like this room or or whatever, and the way that it's all set up. And he's talking. Then he goes, you know what? I don't know if I've ever been in this room before. Exactly. <laughs> you're exactly. Like, yeah, like it just didn't mean anything to be live in this giant mansion. You yeah. know? Yeah. He had no idea. That's what I loved about uh, what he brought to it. And then Bale did kind of the same thing uh, when he let the place be destroyed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. like, uh, it's just stuff just doesn't yeah. matter to me. There are so many more I, important things. I never understood why people, the people who did kind of dismiss the whole Christian Bale thing, I, they was just, it was fine. You I know? like him. I yeah. think he's a good actor. Yeah, too. I, he I, a lot, he you know, he looked he role. looked the part, and he and you know he had the acting chops to do mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I um I don't have any problem. He he might be my second favorite Batman. Why? Who's your first? Well, Adam West, of course. Oh, well, I know, but we're talking movies. Oh well, it then it's going to be Christian Bale and okay. Michael Keaton. He's going to probably be a cl- close second then if we're talking the you know the the later movies definitely yeah. yeah. We'll it'll be interesting. To, it'll be interesting I, I, to see, see if this your, happens uh, or not. What is it? Your on his on his Facebook page for those of you who are listening, he's doing this thing with Batman. Um, is that a movie serial? I'm that doing you're... a thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because uh, I didn't recognize the uh, there was photograph there were two um, serials back in the 40s, one in okay. 43 and one in 49. And you're going through all of them. With yeah. Your um, of yours? um uh, a guy who's Mr. Podcast, John S. Drew, uh, mm-hmm. and I are uh, doing an an episode of the podcast for every uh, chapter of the serial. Okay. It's like. 13, 14, 15 parts, something like that. And we're up to, we've done 10 so far. And where are you able to find them that you can watch Oh, them I watch them on YouTube. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're right. just so they're right there, there on YouTube, yeah. All right. Yeah. Because I was wondering how you were able to, there's some kind to, of weird, to watch them and then go back and review them all. There's some kind of weird copyright thing where Batman is still obviously owned and trade copyright and trademark DC Comics, but mm-hmm. the it's like the serial itself has maybe fallen into public domain like uh. it like 
Warners and or whoever is not having those taken down. Okay. Uh, off of YouTube and you and the they're in pretty good shape. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. They're about twenty twenty five minute. You know, they're not mm-hmm. that long. They were right. kids serials. You know, um, they're kind of bad. <laughs> I was gonna well, say. Well, yeah. we talk a lot about this in nineteen forty three. Batman had only that only been around for about three four years at that point, so uh. there wasn't a lot of the of the classic stuff cemented at at that point. So who was he fighting? Regular like gangsters and stuff. There um, any, no, like, he's really actually fighting a, a a Japanese uh, a mastermind who who is. Uh, uh, secretly in the country because it was World War II sure, at that point. Sure. So um, yeah, if you're kind of sensitive to some racial, racial things, stereotypes? you don't. Yeah, oh, you don't need because, number one. It's a white guy playing. He's Doctor Daka. Of course. Uh, it's uh, and um, uh, and then. In the in the 1949 one, it's another made up villain. Meaning meaning it's they didn't take a villain from the comics. They right. you know it's like the I don't even like the Scorpion or something. The Wizard. I something I can't even remember what it is. But it's it nobody is. that anybody would recognize. If nobody that nobody would books. recognize. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't the Joker or the Penguin or anybody like that at all. They they just did their own thing. It's it's so weird in that 1943 one. Batman is actually working for the U.S. government. He's like an agent I think of the U.S. Did government. During the war years, didn't Superman work for us? Well, suppo- yeah, supposedly they didn't want him to be a vigilante. They uh, because of the, they okay. wanted it to be more patriotic than sure. that, you know. Absolutely. So he's actually answering to the U.S. government. I wondered why Bat, why uh, Superman never just stopped World War II because he could have. He could have gone over there with yeah. his steely gaze and yeah. you know done all kinds of stuff and just gotten rid of everybody if he'd wanted there to. There is a sunk all the battleships, melted all the weapons. You know, if you ever think about this, and you, there's an answer to this, it's funny. One of the regular magazines of the day was mm-hmm. either Life or Look or one of those went to Siegel and Schuster, the Superman guys who created okay. Superman, and they said. They asked him, they said, how would Superman end the war? And they did this one-page <laughs> strip. Did they really? And I love this. Oh, and I and you can definitely up. find this. Superman actually goes and he flies to Germany and he picks – he literally just scoops up Hitler. He flies over to Italy, scoops up Mussolini, and he takes him to the world court and they stand trial and that he ends the war. <laughs> But That's it's just this one-page awesome. thing. But they did it. They didn't do it for a comic book. They did it right. for one of the regular magazines, you know, that the parents would be reading. That's yeah, pretty you cool. got to look this up because it is. It's it's pretty damn cool. And that and he ends the war. He has them stand trial. You know, he plops them down and says, "Here, put them oh, on trial." You know, they have to answer for their crimes. I don't think he grabbed wow. Hirohito though. I think it's just Mussolini and and uh, oh. Does he grab Stalin? I think he, he grabs Stalin. Holy Stal- moly. Which, which is weird be- if that's even true because Stalin was actually our ally. Yeah. <laughs> I got to look this up because it's been a while. Well, now look I'm this, curious. Look yeah. this thing up. It's How really, Superman really interesting. How Superman ended World yeah. War II. All right, just Google it, people. How Superman ended World War II. <laughs> that's going to be fun. Yeah. So what are you working on this week as we uh, get ready to shut down? Here? I am writing my latest novel. Okay. Yeah, it's a, f- a fantasy novel, and uh, I have not written a fantasy story or novel Erotic ever before. Fantasy? No, 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 like okay. Tolkien. Whew. No, 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 no. <sighs> nothing like that. No. 
No. So nobody in their I, underwear. I mean, you, no. It's not going to get turned into a Will Ferrell <laughs> no, movie. No, no. I pretty much like it if somebody comes up to my table at a show and says, "Can yeah. my, you know, twelve-year-old read this or thirteen? Oh. You know, I'll usually go, you know, yeah, safe for children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Everything yeah. you do is yeah. safe for children. That's good. <laughs> and and we got good news uh, about a couple of shows that will be coming up later this year. Yeah. Hopefully, at least for now, yeah. in September, both the show here, the Comic Con, uh, Fantastic Con, Fantastic Con here in Toledo, and then you've got a show in Monroe. Also. Yeah, Monroe, Michigan, called Monroe Pop Fest. I just talked to both of the promoters of those shows and said, "What's awesome. the update? You know, as of this moment." And they both said, "As of this moment, we yeah. are still on. That can change, but yeah. right now we are still on." Yeah. And even by September, there there may still be some rules Definitely. that they're going to have to yeah. follow. Yeah. Number of people in the building yeah. and things like that. But at least, yep. pardon me, at least they're they're going to be. And I'll be wearing a they're mask. They're going to be going out. I'll be wearing a mask. Definitely. You should wear a Spider-Man mask. I will have to get one by by yeah. then. Yeah. A full face mask. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, with one yeah, of those with my glasses on. One of those yeah. little breathing things right in the side there for yourself. I think that would look pretty sweet. All right, remind people where they can find your stuff. Oh, go to uh, Amazon and put in my name or... Uh, His name is Jim Beard, by the way. Find me on Facebook or on Twitter, which is at writer Jim Beard. There you go. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for another week of Comic Chaos. I'm Fred Lefevre. That's Jim Beard. You can find him... Uh, on Amazon under Jim Beard. He's got a lot of good stuff up there, too. Take a chance on some of it. Otherwise, he's going to end up in the poorhouse. Uh, follow us on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, you can write to us at comicchaospodcast at gmail.com. And be sure to download, subscribe, and listen on iHeartRadio. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.